0: Tonight, I will be reading from Numbers, chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. Numbers, chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, And put it on a pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived.
1: I'll be reading John, John 1, 4-5. John 1, 4-5. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you could ask Christ a question. And he gave you an answer that you weren't expecting. What would you do with that? How would you react? Would you, one, on this hand, would you think about it yourself? Would you keep it inside and think about it on your own? Or would you, on this hand, ask him? Ask him questions. Ask why. Tonight, we're going to talk about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus asked questions. Before we can get into what Nicodemus asked, And what Jesus' answer was. We need to know who Nicodemus was. So please turn with me to John 3. John chapter 3 verse 1. John chapter 3 verse 1. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. It's short and sweet to the point, but it has a lot in it. It says he's a Pharisee. It doesn't mean... He was a common folk. It means he was a high-ranking religious official. It means he was somebody. In fact, he probably would have been somebody's somebody. He was one of the highest ranked because it even says he was a ruler of the Jews. It even shows how much pull he had in the Jewish realm. So now we have a, a basic idea of who Nicodemus was. Now let's look at when he came to Jesus and what he said. If you go to, It's in the same chapter in the second verse. It says, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. There's two things I want to point out that Nicodemus did. He came to Jesus by night. It, that's that's not strange for us because we have lighting. we have We have street lamps and we have things like that. But back then, it's believed that Nicodemus went because he was going in secret. Because he didn't want to be seen by the, other, by the other Pharisees. He didn't want to be shunned by the Pharisees. And the second thing Nicodemus did, he called Jesus Rabbi. And that's, to us, we don't, you know, the word Rabbi doesn't mean much. If I called Keith Rabbi, that doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't. But what it means in our language means teacher. Teacher. But it's not just teacher, it's a very respectful term, teacher. It almost is so respectful that he wanted to learn from Jesus. He wanted to know what Jesus knew. So let's look what Jesus said to Nicodemus in verse 3. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, we know what he's talking about. We know he's talking about baptism. We know that this is what he's talking about. But to the... To Nicodemus and especially to the Pharisees, this is something completely new. Being born again, this blew their mind. This is head spinning for them. This completely, he didn't know what to think of it. Look in verse 4 and see what Nicodemus says. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? He's thinking of a physical birth, not a spiritual one. Which is what Jesus is trying to get across to him. He's trying to get across that baptism, the spiritual birth. Look what Jesus says. And he tries to, Jesus tries to break it down for him in verse 5. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So what is water and spirit? Spirit is the hearing, the believing, the repenting, and the confessing aspects of being born in Christ. Because you cannot get into the kingdom of heaven by works alone. So you hear the word, you believe the word, and you repent of your sins, and you confess that you believe it that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And just as you can't go through into the kingdom of heaven through works alone, you can't go in by faith alone. So you have to be baptized, immersed in water, born into Christ, which is the whole point that Jesus is trying to make to Nicodemus. This is even further stated in verse 6. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. This means there's two births. Your physical birth of coming to life, and the most important one, the spiritual birth, when you are baptized in the cross. Now read with me from verse 7 to verse 9. It says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? In verse 8, it's a very confusing, it was very confusing to me studying this. It's, Jesus is talking about the wind. And if you don't dig deep enough, you don't understand what he's trying to say, the the word wind in our language and the word spirit in our language have the same Greek word. They have one word in Greek. So what Jesus is trying to get across to Nicodemus is although you can't see the wind, you can see it blow the leaves, and you can feel it on your skin, you can hear it go by, but you can't see it. And it's the same for the spirit. You yourself cannot see the spirit, but you can see its works. And you can see its actions in people that have been born in cross. But sadly enough, in verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Nicodemus still has not grasped what Jesus is talking about. And this is where I pass off the lesson to
0: Steve. It's a hard act to follow, and I mean it. Twice, Nicodemus said, I don't get it. Not making sense to me, Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus finally answers, "Why? It should." Look at verse ten. Jesus answered and said to him, "Are you the teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things?" Says if Jesus is saying you should, the essence of being born again, as Caleb alluded to, may you add to that just a little bit, is making really what it's all about is Nicodemus. You have to make a change in your life. These. These practices that you're practicing and a Pharisee as a Jew will not take you to heaven. These perceptions of reality that you may have it won't get you to heaven. A heart change has to take place to be born again. So we look at verse 11 to verse 13 and see how Jesus addresses this. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? In verse 13, No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Nicodemus somehow... And Jesus is trying to help him to break the chains of his pharisaical traditions. And get back to the foundation. The foundation is God's word. God's word. Jesus had a heaven sent message from the throne room of heaven itself. And there was no room for Pharisee traditions. Jesus addressed this in Mark chapter 7. Beginning with verse 5. And just listen as I I quote this. Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He, that is Jesus, answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men. Nicodemus had to break those chains. He had to get out of that. To be born again, a great change had to take place in his heart. But also, Nicodemus had to understand, and Jesus tells him in no uncertain terms, that a sacrifice was going to have to be made just so one could be born again. And notice how Jesus alludes to this and sets it up. Look at verse 14 and verse 15 of our text. Jesus states. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Israelites are in the wilderness, about to go in and pass through by the Edom, or the land of Edom. And they are complaining. They are murmuring. They say, we're sick of this drink. We're sick of this food. We definitely can't stand this bread you keep giving us. Then God sent His wrath in the form of fiery serpents. They were biting people, and they were killing people, and then they had a change of heart. They were penitent, if you will. And they asked Moses, they asked Moses, please do something. Please pray to the Lord that he'll take this away from us. And Moses is told to make this brass serpent, put it on a pole, and whoever looked at it will be delivered from this torment. And he made, the, he made the serpent, brass serpent, put it on a pole. Whoever looked at it, the Bible says, was delivered from this wrath. But now think about what Jesus, though, is really trying to say. He's applying this section to himself. And he's talking about his sacrifice. The sacrifice of Jesus allows us to be born again. If he's not put on that cross, if he doesn't make that sacrifice And God doesn't make that sacrifice of love, which I'll speak about in just a moment. We can't be born again. And Jesus compares his crucifixion to these events in the wilderness. When we believe in Jesus, then we can be or can become or start the process, if you will, of becoming born again. The sacrifice of Jesus, though, gives us a reason to believe in him. And then Jesus talks to Nicodemus about how he needed to know what real and true love is, to understand that before being born again. Look at verse 16 and verse 17. Jesus said, and you're familiar with this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God's love for us is what makes the sacrifice of Jesus and the new birth possible just because God loved us. And unless that precious gift was given, that grace was given from heaven, no one can be born again. It goes back to love. And then Jesus talks to Nicodemus, beginning around verse um, 19. That to be born again is not some magical, mystical thing that's going to happen. A choice has to be made. Nicodemus, you've got these practices. You've got these perceptions. But a choice has to be made. And look, beginning with, beginning with verse 19, if you would please, in our text. Jesus finishes this, his discourse for Nicodemus by stating, And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. A choice between darkness and a choice between light. The world chooses and loves darkness. Truth seekers love and want the light. Are you a truth seeker tonight? If you would open up your hymn books to note song number thirty-one. Song number thirty-one. Jesus made it very clear to Nicodemus, even though he didn't get it. Of course, we can read this and study this in hindsight, but we do get it. Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't enter the kingdom unless you're born again. And that of water and the Spirit. To obey everything that the Spirit had written down, which yes, includes being baptized for the remission of your sins. And it includes everything Caleb mentioned. To be penitent in your heart. Or first of all, to have faith. And to believe that Jesus is who he said to be, who he proved to be, the Christ. To believe that and to have faith in it. And then to, once you realize that, to change your life. To do a 180 and walk away from it. To be penitent in your heart. And to be willing to stand up and say, yes, I confess, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. And to be baptized for the remission of your sins. And then God will add you to His church, His Son's church, the church of Jesus Christ. But it may be that you, you've done that. You've been born again, but you've fallen away. And we know that Jesus, or, or God, the Father, continues to send His grace through His Son Jesus. The blood continues to flow from Calvary and to wash our sins away. So we ask you, If you have any need tonight, as we sing this song, as we stand, come forward and let us help you any way we can. Would you please stand now?